number seven. Today we're going to be beginning a brand new series entitled Maturity. And the subtitle of today's message will be Back to the Basics. Ephesians chapter number four, verse seven, verses seven through 16. Are you there? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might feel all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, everyone say grow up, in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself and love. Pray, pray with me. Father, we love you. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather around your word. We come around to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Father God, so that we can be transformed. And Father, will you teach us the importance of growth? Help us, Lord, to understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. Use this broken vessel, use me, Father. I'm just here, ready to serve, Father, at your beck and call. Speak to all of us. Use this, these lips of clay for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, you may be seated in the Lord's presence. I want to kind of begin this message this morning a little bit with somewhat of a testimony to which why... God had called my wife and I to start Foundation Christian Church. Early in my walk with God, I discovered that I had a tremendous passion to grow and learn. It was insatiable. The more I read the word of God, the more I wanted to know. And I just gobbled it up and I just sought for it to transform my life. I knew that I was a new believer and I needed to understand who I was and, and, and what this new life is all about. And having grown over the years during that time that I remember a period of time when I just would kind of get bothered. And I'm sure that to some extent there was probably some pride there. You know, all of us deal with pride on some level. And there was probably some pride there that, that I was somewhat kind of 
looked down on other believers because, you know, I would say, well, you know, the, you, you know you're not growing and, 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 you know, you're the same place that you've been. And, and I just, I see your life and I hear I've been saved for five years and, you know, look where I am. And, and, and I remember in some ways being a little bit frustrated and critical. And what I now realize is that during that time, God was crafting me or preparing me to do what I'm doing today. When God calls you to do a work, he always calls you with a purpose. He gives you some purpose by which he wants you to do. You look back in the Bible, every time God calls somebody, they had a very specific calling. They had a purpose. And my purpose was, at the time I was frustrated, but my purpose was to help believers come into fullness, into maturity of what God had called them to be. Because nothing was more aggravated to me, more bothersome to me, to, than to see believers who are saved but not yet growing. And so that was something that was very, very troubling to me. And, and that was really a passion. And so Foundation Christian Fellowship is here to help you to build a solid foundation and that, and that we want to inspire you not just to be comfortable with knowing that heaven is your ultimate destination. Amen? That we want you to be, uh, we want you to, 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 to lay hold of everything that God has for you. God does have an incredible plan for your life. You got to realize that. You hear us say that all the time. And he does. And so that is our passion for how we started the church. And, and we're still a young church, but the thing that, that motivates me and, and gets, and gets my, my goosebumps going is to see believers who come from one place, from a baby, and they start to grow and mature. And they become teachers and they become leaders in the kingdom of God. And they become people that inspire other people. And you, you do not have a pastor that is insecure. You have a pastor that delights in seeing you grow and be everything that God wants you to be. That is my one calling. That is what my, my ultimate goal. But in order for that to happen, how many know that the people of God got to grow up? As much as I want leaders... Uh, when my wife and I first had started, when a group of us had started sitting down, and some of you don't know this, but when we first, we met underground for a while. We didn't do anything really public, but we went, met underground with a group of people. None of those folks are here today. And um, they, they said to me, and, and they had an issue. It was about six, seven, eight months into this thing, just kind of planning. And, and they said, well, well, you know, we should just be elders. In fact, I had one lady told me, she said, here's you got your, your pastor, here's your elder, here's your, and she just started making up what the whole leadership was, was like. Now, I am a Bible guy. And the Bible gives protocol for leadership. If you want to be in leadership, you have to follow protocol. We, we just can't make people leaders by default. When you do that, you get people in trouble. Not only the person that is there out of position, but they have an effect on other people. That's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that, that, that not a novice, that you don't give them leadership position too quickly because they still have not grown up enough whereby they can handle what they're having to deal with. And so... It behooves us. I, I, I want to see leaders. I want to see other people up here teaching, training, equipping, and we will do that. But 
it, it calls for the people of God to grow up. You must be committed to your own spiritual growth. There got to be a fire in you that, that, that says, you know, I, I, I'm not comfortable with just knowing that I'm saved, but I want more. I, I, I don't want to find myself in a place where I see Christ and he says to me, this is what you could have had, but, but, you, but you were way below that. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I dream those words. I dream them. That's all I want to hear him say. And so spiritual maturity, as we talk about maturity, has nothing to do with your age or how long even you've been saved. But yet some folk believe that that's the, you know, I've been saved. I've been, I've been saved for 15 years. But that doesn't mean you're mature. You're still struggling with unforgiveness. You're still struggling with anger. You're still not knowing how to handle your emotions. Still not being able to deal with how to handle the word of God. How to deal with people. Which many of us don't like to deal with a lot of times. Because people are messed up. You too are messed up. We all are messed up. And so the people of God, it's... It's kind, it would be kind of freaky if we saw somebody walking in this church 23 years old and they had a bottle and diapers on. What would you say about that person? You would be like, boy, you need to get out of here. What's, what did your mother do? To, what's wrong with you? Why are you walking around with a bottle at that age? What, why do you got diapers on? And we need to ask the same thing spiritually because in the spiritual realm, you know, for us, we're spiritual. There's a lot of people, Christians, unfortunately, that are walking around and they've been saved for 10, 15, 20 years. They still got bottle and they're still doing Gerber. And I have a passion. You want to know what I'm passionate about? I am passionate about people becoming what God wants them to be. I just don't want to see you miss out because there's a blessing in growing up in the things of God. Let me make another statement. Your maturity level is tied to your destiny. Your maturity level is tied to your destiny. I give an example. You remember the disciples, Jesus spent a lot of time with them, teaching them and training them, right? And the disciples, they were some real cool dudes, right? You ever, you ever read about the, the disciples? I mean, they were arguing sometimes about who was the greatest. I'm, I'm going to be, who's going to be the greatest? Lord, when I get to heaven, I want to sit on your right hand, I want to sit on your left. And, 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 they, and they, there was one time the disciples, when the people didn't act right, some of the disciples said, Lord, just send fire from, down from heaven and just burn them up. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. You don't know what kind of spirit you have. And, and Jesus had to teach them how to love. He had to teach them how to serve. He had to teach them how to deal with people. He had to teach them their theology. He had to teach them what it was like to really be great in the kingdom of God. You remember, he served. He had to, they didn't know nothing of that. But we look back at the disciples and we see that they turned the world upside down, right? We are the fruit of what they did. Jesus begun it, but we are the fruit of their labors, of what they did. They turned the world upside down, but they could not do it as babies. 
Jesus had to take the time. He had to teach them. He had to train them. They had to, he had to, he had to, to in, in, in computer terms, he had to wipe out, he had to wipe the hard drive. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And start this thing all over again because many of us are wired, we're just wired wrong. We come into the kingdom wired wrong. God, there's a, there's a lifetime that God spends trying to undo all the stuff that is in here and he's rewiring us wiring us so that we can be conformed to his image and to be conformed to Christ's image means that we're going to be like him and you cannot be like him without growing up in the things of God Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Paul said when I was a child I, I spoke like a child I acted like a child but when I became a man he says I put away childish things Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to grow up. Christians, sometimes, we're our worst enemies. We get upset. We pout. Have you ever pouted? Look at my wife. Nobody understand me. I know what I'm talking about. I prayed about this. God spoke to me. He spoke, no, I don't care what Pastor Bill, he spoke to me. I know this is what it's supposed to be. Oh, dude, I'm walking away. Give me my toys. <laughs> you know what that is? It's called immaturity. Yes, sir. See, when you first come into the kingdom, you are spiritually immature. Amen. You don't know what you think you know. None of us do. We have to humble ourselves and say, you know what? I got to rely on some other folk who've been doing this thing for a while to kind of help me to navigate my way through. And even now, my kids, you know, just because they think they're, they're 18, they think they're grown, they're not grown. Amen. Amen. You can be 20 and they be not grown. You can be 40. I know some. I went to college with a brother that's 40, and he still got the mindset of a 10-year-old. has nothing to do with your age. It has to do with you applying knowledge, becoming what God wants you to be, understanding who you are in a, in a consistent cruci crucifying of yourself, your attitudes, your, your all that stuff that you learned growing up. You got to just say, you know what? I'm starting all over. I'm starting all over. This is where God wants the people of God to be. And so if your level, think about this, I want you to understand this. If my destiny depends on my growing up and maturing in the things of God, how many know we need to get mature real quick and fast? Amen. How many of you want to reach your destiny, Amen. your purpose? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know I have, a, I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. One of the greatest verses in all the Bible. There's a plan for you. Don't fall short out of it because you allow your immaturity to get in the way. I mean, you know, he wants us to grow up. And so, if you will, we're going to come back to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter number 2, verses 1 through 3. We're talking about maturity. This is going to be a fun series. We're going to grow up. Amen. We're going to grow up real quick and fast. When you get there, you can say amen. amen. 1 
First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And I need to get to chapter 2. I'm in chapter 3. And it reads, Therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies, listen to this, desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, I like how Peter uses this because he's not necessarily talking to young believers. He used the analogy as newborn babies. As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word. My wife, you've, some of you have to bear with me. You've heard this testimony before, but my wife you know, she, she's nursed all four of our kids. And, and it, it, it's amazing how much that they go after that milk when they were that age. I mean, they, they, they babies go after milk as if their life is, depends on it. You know why? Because their life does depend on it. And, 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 you, know, and you know how babies are. Babies, for some of you, maybe some of you may be going through that now. You know, and they will cry. They would scream, they would pout, they would turn colors, they would grow horns on their head. I'm just kidding. Until you give them that milk. Brother Jeff, I know what I'm talking about. He's going through it now. That baby don't know a lot, but that baby knows, I got to get this milk. And they come out like this. Right? They know how they come out? Where is it? They don't really know what it is. But they know that something is supposed to nourish them. When you come into the kingdom of God, he's saying that the same way that baby pursues that milk, you got to pursue that word as if your life depends on it. So you drink it. You digest it. You read it every day. And, and don't deceive yourself now because spiritual maturity, you gotta, it's, it's, just, it's just not about knowledge. Now, you, the Bible says in 2 Peter 3.18, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to gain knowledge. We need to have information. But I would even go further and reference James, who says that don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a what? Doer of the word. Because you can have knowledge, but if you're not heavy on doing, your knowledge still leads to immaturity. You are deceiving yourself. So spiritual maturity, there is a combination of knowledge and what? Application. By which I'm, I'm reading the Bible, not so I can get knowledge, not so that I can check off the check, the little box and say I did it today, but I want this book to transform my life. Because my life depends on this. My spiritual growth depends on my ability to digest the word every single day of my life. Look at Psalm 1, if you will. Turn in your Bible to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, chapter number 1. <laughs> Psalm 1, chapter 1. This, that didn't sound right, but come on. Y'all talk about, y'all, everybody okay? All right, hang in there. We'll stay with me. We're going someplace with this. Are you there in, in Psalm 1 in the Old Testament? Now watch this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of what? Okay? 
nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the what? But here's what? Do you know the word delight means? It's joy. It's passion. His love, his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate what? Day and night. Can I give you, can I give you some advice? If you, if you come to my house, would you find that we have a Bible almost at every turn? We got them upstairs. We got them downstairs. We got them on the coffee table. We got them in my bedroom. We got them everywhere so that any place you go, and I want my kids to know, and I do that on purpose because I want the word always handy. So if something pops up in my brain, I'm thinking, how do I supposed to navigate my way through this? I want to go to what? The law of the Lord. I want to go to the word of the Lord because that's my milk. That's my. That's how I get fed spiritually. That's how I become what God wants me to become. Now watch this. Now what is the benefit of doing this? Now watch what he says. And he, he's talking about the person who meditates in the word day and night. Watch this. And he shall be like a what? Planted by the rivers of water. Do you hear that? That bring forth his fruit in his what? You know, God wants to make you fruitful. And he's saying that a person that meditates on the word day and night, the imagery he gives is you're like a tree, a tree by the water. You know, when a tree is right by the water, that tree is always receiving nourishment. It's always green. It's always striving. I mean, God made you to be that way. He said, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water. And, And guess what? You will bring forth your fruit in this season. How many know that there are seasons in God? Amen. Everybody here is going through a season. There are seasons of challenge, seasons of difficulty, seasons of love, seasons of joy. There are seasons that we all have to deal with. But he, the, the, the promise here is that we will bring forth our fruit. In other words, what God expects of us and what God wants of us is going to happen. Whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does does shall prosper. Psalm, look, at Psalm, uh, look at Psalm 19 real quick. Verse number 7. The law of the Lord. Psalm 19 verse 7. You there say amen. I'm gone even if you're not. The law of the Lord is perfect. That means mature. Converting the soul. See, I want to get you inspired with this word. I, 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 want, you to, I want you to love this thing. Watch this. He says that the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. How many know you've been saved because of this word? The word of God. The testimonies of the Lord is what? Sure, they are steadfast. Make it wise and simple. You need wisdom. Go to the word. There's another place in Psalm where it says that that, that, the psalmist said that that your word has made me wiser than my teachers. Let me tell you something. When you really get into the word, you embrace the word of God. Boy, it'll give you all the wisdom that you need. Wisdom that you didn't even think you had on the inside of you. Watch this. The statues of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. How many of you want joy? Here it is. The statues of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than what? Yeah, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, watch this, by them your servant is warned. And listen to this part. I like this part. And in keeping them there is what? 
great why wouldn't you want to jump into this thing you see why the enemy don't want you to read it you see why the enemy don't want you to get the revelation of this thing? Because, because in the word of God contains the, the, the vehicle that, that makes you everything that God wants you to be in a crooked and perverse generation. You cannot grow apart from this word. You will die without it spiritually. That's what he's saying. It's just like that baby. If you deny that baby that milk, they're not going to make it. If you're a believer today, you got to get on that thing. And I mean, just, just do whatever you got to do. If I can help you with some imagery, let me help you. Every day. Every day. Get in it every day. You got them on your iPod. No, you can have it on your iPod. You can have it on your phone, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's all kind of ways for you to get the word of God in you. Why? Because it's everything. It's my joy. I got to have it. I can't make it without his word. It's, it's what he has given us for our spiritual life. Amen? Go ahead on back to First Peter chapter 3. He says, now, if you indeed have tasted that the Lord is good. How many, how many know you've tasted him? See, every, everybody who've, who've come to Jesus, you've, you've tasted, right? And you're like, mm, boy, mm, this, 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 this is good. Uh, how many, you, you've tasted the Lord and you realize he is good. And, and the implication there in that verse is what he's saying is that when you taste me, when you keep on tasting me, when you keep on digest, what you're going to find is, is, that, is that it's going to get better. Yes, it, does. it gets better and better and better when you really taste of the Lord and see really how good he is. Amen. Now, going back to Ephesians chapter 4. Say with me. In Ephesians chapter 4, say amen. amen. But I, tell you, I can tell this church is just growing. Because y'all, y'all get to the word like before I do. You know, there was a time I say, turn to Ephesians, I just hit the pages going up like 20 minutes. Now it's like, man, amen. I'm like, whoa, scare me up here. Hallelujah. Now, 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 how many of you have ever heard of the fivefold ministry, fivefold gifts of the church? Fivefold ministry. We believe in that here because that's what the Bible says. Fair enough? Amen. We believe what the Bible says. How do you like that? Amen. I want to say that again. We believe what the Bible says. Amen. I'm just crazy enough to do that. I believe what the Bible says. Okay, now look, you know, he, he says that, so, so there, he's giving these gifts to the church. The gifts, these are leadership gifts we call fivefold ministry for the work. Let's just read it. Let's just read it. Um, and, and, and to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, this he ascended, what does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? And look at verse number 11. And he, he himself, who is he? Who are we talking about? Don't be afraid. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a trick question. Who are we talking about? Jesus. Say that nice and loud. Jesus. Don't say that name like you're afraid. Say it nice and loud. Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus. And he himself gave some to be what? Apostles. And some what? And some what? And some what? And what? For the what? equipping the perfecting of the saints. So how do the saints 
come into maturity. It's by the, five, the gifts of the fivefold ministry. Now, now, interesting, I got the definition for that word, if I can find it. The definition for that word, equipping, is katatismos. And it means making fit, perfecting, making fully qualified for service. That's what the gifts are. To make us fit. To make us qualified. That's why church is important. Amen? Amen. Christians go to church. Amen? Amen? You're not a mature Christian if you don't go to church on a regular basis. I, I don't understand. If, you know, when people say, and I heard people say, you ever, have you ever heard this? Now, you don't hear this around here, but you hear people say, I don't need to go to church. I can just read my Bible at home. You can read your Bible at home, but I bet you're not growing. Because the only way to test what you know is getting here with some folks that are messed up. Like you. You realize where you're really at. You come here, you think you know, you know, Moses was up on that mountaintop, amen? And Moses loved it in the presence of God. And Moses said, and God said, Moses, your, your people, you know, when God said, your people, he upset. He said, your people, your people, y'all know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Your people, Moses, are acting up, go down and handing them folks, they're crazy. Moses had to come up off that mountain. And you know, when Moses came down, Moses' face, it was glory. He, his face was shining with the glory of God. And, and I imagine that Moses was just loving being up. I don't have to deal with these crazy people. I'm up in the presence of God. I can be who I want to be. I can shout. I can scream. I can pass out. I can do whatever I want. But then God says, Moses, come down from there and you need to come up down. You know, you need to go down Moses to where they at. And boy, when Moses came there, the people, boy, were just acting up. So they had made a golden calf. They were worshiping idols. They were just all messed up. Because the mountaintop experiences is to equip you to deal in the valley. It's to equip you to deal with the stuff that you don't want to deal with. See, immature Christians, watch this, they always just walk away. Immature Christians, well, you know why? Because it's, it's easier than for me to have to deal with your attitude. Then for me to have to deal with your problem, I'd just rather go. But, but see, see, mature Christians, they, they stay in the fight. They, they say, you know what, wait, 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 wait a minute. Because see, see how many of you want to be great in God's kingdom? Amen. Ah, I want to be great. So if I want to be great, that means that I got to suffer. It's not a popular word, is it? Because, you know, you got to suffer with some people. <laughs> you got to suffer. How I many of you are suffering with some people? You can raise, okay. It's all right. You know, I'm just, look at the hands going up. Suffer. But somebody suffered with you. When you weren't acting right the way you're supposed to, you know, as you were going through your temper tantrum, somebody had to put up with you. But God is raising up a generation of people who can look at that and say, you know what, Lord, I'm willing to stand in the gap and I'm willing to fight a good fight of faith because you've called me to this. I mean, no, thank God Jesus didn't quit or give up. Amen. Thank God he didn't get down off all that cross. I thank God for the disciples, the apostles. Now, they ran initially. Did they not run when Jesus never? I mean, they got out of there. They, 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 but they came back. You know why? Because Jesus was merciful. You remember Peter? Lord, I will never, ever, ever 
leave you or forsake you. I'm going to be right here. Everybody else is going to run, but you, Jesus, you need to look at me because out of all the disciples that you have, I am the one guy that's not going to leave you. Watch. And what did Peter do when he can't get under pressure? He said, he said, uh, he said, I don't, I don't know. And people will switch on you in a minute. Do you hear me? Heckle and Jekyll. <laughs> Peter, wasn't you the same guy? What? You, 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 said, you said you would never leave him. But you, you said you would beat us. Peter, where'd, where'd you go? See, a mature person don't talk too quick. They keep their mouth shut because you don't know what you would do in a tough situation. Amen? How many know we, I like this, I would like to think that if the choice was given to me to die for Christ or, you know, to run, that I would take the choice to die for him. I would like to think that. But I'm, I'm, I'm not too proud to just say automatically, I know I will. Because it also the description of the Bible says that let he who thinks he stand take heed lest he what? False. Amen? And so, where are we? Y'all got me, see, y'all always do this. Y'all always get me off track. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, so, the, so these gifts are there to equip the saints. That's why you need to be in church. That's why you need to be around other mature believers. Because these gifts are found where? In the church. There has to be some conglomerate there. There, there has to be a nucleus whereby people can go and be identified so that they can grow. They can identify with the people so that they can grow. Now watch. Till we all come into unity of the faith. Unity. Everybody say unity. unity. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Watch this. To a perfect man. That word also means mature. See, part of my job this morning, my assignment by the Holy Ghost, is to let you know and to communicate to you and to convince to you from Scripture that spiritual growth and maturity is not an option. See, everybody's not called to pastor. Not everybody's called to necessarily teach, but everybody's called to grow up. Uh, Right where you are. There is no excuse for you not to grow up in the things of God. None of us. Watch this. Till we all come to unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, watch this, tossed to and what? Fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, every wind. How many know there are winds of doctrines out there? Tricks. By the trickery of men, how many know there are people playing tricks? And the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but what? Speaking the truth in love. How many know you love somebody, you tell them the truth? Yes. Mm-hmm. See, that's a whole other message. I, I will resist the temptation to start that message. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things. Look at the neighbor and say, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. In all things into him who is the head, Christ. Watch this verse. From whom the whole body, the whole body. Now, if you're saved this morning, that means you. The whole body joined and knit together by what every joint, what? 
supplies. You see, not only, see, here's, here's a problem with sometimes the people don't understand what church is about. Church, we know at the, 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 the core of ministry in church is to worship and to honor God. That's why we come. That's why we call it a worship service. But there's another part to church is that, you know, people say, well, I go to church. And, you know, some people come to church because they want to get something out of it. And that's fine. But you also need to come to church to give something, too. Amen. See, the Bible says every joint is supposed to be what? Supplying. I marvel at, you know, and we got a little suggestion box out there. And we want you to put in your suggestions. But just listen, because the Holy Spirit, if he gave you a suggestion, he might have said, maybe you can do something about that too. Because Amen. Amen. most people want to divorce themselves. See, it's easy to sit back and say, but mature folks say, I think I can help that. God has gifted me. I, 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 because I'm supposed to be what? Supplying. And many of you have demonstrated that. I can go, I can give stories, but I won't. This church, I mean, you guys, some of you have just demonstrated just because it's, you understand it's not just about, it's, it's, it's about Christ. It's about our calling. It's about our responsibility. And so my maturity level tells me that I'm not just in this for me, but I'm in this for my brothers and my sisters. There's somebody in here that, listen, I can't, uh, maybe that day I can't encourage them. I don't have a word for them. But you might. You might be the person that God uses to free somebody up because God does things in a way so that no man can glory in his flesh. God does things in a way to strip us of pride. He does things in a way so that no one person thinks that they're all of that. He does it in a way to keep everybody well humble. You remember the Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul saw stuff, boy, he couldn't even talk about. Paul said, I went to the third heaven, boy, and he, he could. And, and the Bible said that there was given to Paul a thorn in the flesh. A messenger, the Bible calls it a messenger of Satan to buffet me. And, and, and so, and, and, and Paul had understood that that was given to him to keep him in a humble place because of the abundance of the revelation that he had seen. And so God designed us in a way so that we can feed and grow off of each other. If you really want to know if you're growing or not, you need to talk to your brothers and sisters. Don't just say, you need to talk to them. Not just heavy on what you know, but heavy on which, how you're living. How you're treating the people that you are with every day. How are you doing with that? Because every joint is supplying. Look at the neighbor and say, you're supposed to be supplying. No, no, tell them with confidence. Look at your neighbor. Look at them. Give them the eye. Look right at them. Say, you're supposed to be supplying me. And hold each other accountable. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by that which every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its what? Somebody reading with me. Every part does its what? Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So we've established two points so far. Number one, we, if we're going to grow up in the things of God, we need to desire the sincere milk of the word. Number two, we know we need to be in the church. Okay? Hebrews 10 says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as some do. But we're not of those, right? Because we know that the church, that the body is the vehicle by which we grow. You cannot grow apart from God's people. I'm going to say that again. You cannot grow apart from God's 
people because everything in the Bible, he's, about the Bible, he says how we are knitted and joined together. If you don't love people, you don't love God. If you want to know God, love God, you got to love people. I had a, I had a, I had a minister one time who said, I, I, I'm a pastor, uh, I'm a minister, but I don't like people. And I looked at I kid you not. They said they're up there teaching every week. But clearly said to me, I don't like people. How I many know that's that's that you're in bad hands when you got somebody talking, they don't like you. God is a lover of people. If you love God, you love people. And watch this. If you really love God, you love his people that he died for. Yeah, even the broke ones, the hard-headed ones. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about broke in other ways, destitute, spiritually. The ones that are broke emotionally. The ones that are just a problem. I mean, no, they're, they're problems. I'm being nice. Amen. But we're called to love them because they belong to God. And how many know we got to be careful how we handle each other? Amen? Because we belong to God. Now, jump on over to Hebrews chapter number five real quick. So we got the two points so far, right? Desire the sincere miracle of the word. Spiritual maturity on your way. You got to come to church. Now watch this. Now Hebrews, the many of the scholars and those who really study the word of God, theologians from the past, many of them believe that the apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. We don't know for sure, but I tend to believe basically based on the the way the scripture, the way in Hebrews is, the way it's written, it appear, appears logical to me that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. But we don't know for sure. But what we do know is Hebrews is a great book. And uh, look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. Are you there? Say amen. amen. And we're almost done. Y'all still with me? Amen. All right, now watch. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. Now, now I want you to understand something here. The writer of Hebrews is rebuking the people of God for not growing up. This is rebuke. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. In other words, he's saying, look, you're supposed to be at a place right now where you're supposed to be teaching others. Many of you need to see yourself like that. Not necessarily teaching like I'm teaching, but many of us should be able to teach. In our Wednesday night Bible study, who comes to our discipleship class on Wednesday night, and somebody give, somebody give God a praise for Wednesday night. Come on, give a shout out. Look, we have people get up and stand up at the beginning of class. Why do we have them do that? And we, and we have some folks, they just ask some questions from what we've learned. And boy, some of them are very, I mean, they're, they're you know, nervous about it, but they get up there. Why are we doing that? Because we're stretching you. In order to grow, you got to be stretched. You got to be challenged. You can't grow unless you get. I mean, no, if you don't ever tell your kids to leave, they ain't going to leave. I said they ain't going to leave. You got to tell them, look. (laughs) In other words, if you're going to grow, you got to stretch. You, you got, you got, you're going to have to go through some things if you want to grow. And, and, and as a parent, for an example, dealing with our kids, that every time our kids get in trouble, we always want to jump in there and stop it, right? All right. But, but you know, sometimes we just need to just let them grow, especially the hard-headed ones. 
Are there any hard-headed Christians? Come on. Are there any hard-headed? You know, come on, come on. All of us got, yeah, we hard-headed. Because sometimes y'all come here, I can see it on your face. You say, hey, I know the pastor, pastor Billy just say, I ain't doing that. <laughs> nope, that ain't nope. Y'all to see what I see up here sometimes. We're going to have it so with technology, we'll be able to reverse this thing so you can see you while I'm preaching. <laughs> and then y'all going to be like, oh, he needs like a super duper raise. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. For by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again, again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. So he's saying that you're supposed to be at this level, but, but you still have to get the elementary things. Now, it's nothing wrong with being a baby, amen? Everybody is a baby at some point. What's wrong is that you stay there. All right? Nothing wrong with being a baby. We're not condemning young believers Christians, that's not, what we're saying is don't stay there because then you become a freak. You don't look right. Especially when you tell somebody, I've been saved for 50 years. And you're still mad as you was when you first came in. You're still angry at everybody. Still, well, I can't forgive this person. How many know we need to put it aside? We need to learn to love and forgive because he told us to do it. Maturity says, I'm going to do it. Because he said, do it. Watch this. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. See, a baby is unskilled. You know why a baby is unskilled? There's not a whole lot that a baby can do. Why? Because they're needy themselves. They can't teach yet because they are so needy. How many know we, we need to come to a point where we're not that needy? They're unskilled in the word of righteousness for they are babes. But solid food. Look at the neighbor say, solid food belong to those who are of full age. That, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So a person that is skilled and mature in the word of God, they have, over the years, they have exercised the word. How many know you got to exercise the word? To whereby you can discern good and evil. You're of full age. You're mature. How many know the body need a lot of mature Christians? We need strong, mature believers. And, and I'm calling you. You are mature. I'm saying that. Not just because you're quiet, but because you have spent a lifetime walking with God. You know how to handle this word. And you are equipped. Lastly, and we're done. Philippians chapter 3. And we're done. Amen? Amen. Philippians chapter 3. All right. Okay, everybody stand to your feet real quick. We're going to read this standing up because I see a couple of y'all. I don't want to lose you right now. Did I go a little long today? Or pretty, pretty normal? Okay, good. Nobody want to talk. Everybody's scared. Okay, here we go. Not that I have already attained. This is Apostle Paul talking. I love this verse. This is a Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained. And this is a man of God who wrote, a lot of the New Testament. He says, now, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected or mature, but I press on. Everybody say press on. Press Everybody on. say the press is on. The press is on. You know, and how many of you watch basketball? You know, I, I love, I, I just, I'm an ESPN guy. I mean, I love sports. What can I say? I, I got an issue with that. But, but you know, um, in basketball, when an offensive team scores a lot of points, 
and the opposing team want to try to stop them, they will, they will institute what they call the full court press. And the press is, des is designed to slow them up and to stop them or to make it much more difficult for them to score. If you like Georgetown, I mean like Georgetown. I love Georgetown. Georgetown is a very good defensive team. And so whenever the team is, I mean, they, they will institute this full court press. And, and now, now sometimes the guys will still overcome it, but boy, they had to work really, 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 really hard to score. How many know as a Christian sometimes you're going to have to make work really, really, really hard to get what God has for you? You're going to have, watch this. Paul says, I press on. You're going to have to press through, watch this, hurt. You're going to have to press through pain. You're going to have to press through doubt, unbelief. You're going to have to press through death. You're going to have to press through difficulty. You're going to have to press through people saying things about you that are not true. You're going to have to press through bad attitudes. You're going to have to press through the things that you don't like in order to achieve what God has for you. The press is on. I need my glasses. I don't know what I did with them. And watch this. Brethren, I do not count, verse 13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. He said, one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. And reaching toward or forward to those things which are ahead. He says, I press. Everybody say press. press. That says that, that's, that, that, that signifies that there is a strain, right? You don't press unless there's something holding you back. See, mature, see, watch this. If you want to grow in maturity, you got to learn how to press. See? You got to learn how to fight. Even when you don't feel like fighting. Press. He said, Paul said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let as many uh, as are what? Perfect. Mature or perfected. Have this mind. What mind are you talking about? And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. He said that those who want to be mature, who call yourselves mature, have this mindset in you. Watch this. That you know what? I'm going to press on and become everything that God wants me to become. I'm not going to let no people. I'm not going to let no attitude. I'm not going to let no situation. I'm not going to let my family. My I'm not going to let anybody stop me from becoming everything that God wants me to be. You got to press. Some of you may be thinking of giving up, whatever your struggle might be, but you got to press. Part of growing in God is you got to go through some things. How I many know the apostles went through some things? They, in order for them to do the miraculous, boy, they went through some stuff. They were beaten. They, they had a lot of things happen to them, but they hung in there. You got to hang in there no matter how hard it gets. Amen? Amen. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. You remain standing. If you've heard this word this morning and, and you're not right with God, we never want to give leave church on a Sunday morning without giving a person the opportunity to come to Christ. If you heard this morning this word and you know in your heart you're not right with God, Jesus said that I came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. We're not remiss this morning into thinking. We're not assuming that everybody is right with God. But Jesus loved you and he died for you that you can have life and you can experience. He, Jesus says, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you uh, abundantly. He got such a wonderful life. If you're here this morning and, and, and you know that you're not right with God, but the Spirit of God has been convicting you, the Spirit of God has been talking to you, and you want to get right with God, today is your day. Just slip your hand up and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you.
He's not willing that any perish, but all come to a knowledge of truth. Pastor, by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm not right. I'm not right. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Amen. Amen. You Christian this morning, you've been listening this morning, and maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Perhaps um, you've been very immature in your ways. Perhaps God has given you an assignment, and you've acted in a way that you know that wasn't in keeping with God's word and with his will. Maybe you quit. Maybe you gave up. Maybe you caused a wreck to happen. He's saying, Pastor, by raising your hand, I'm not going to have you come up. I just want to pray with you. This is just between you and God. When we raise our hand, it's just an act of our submission to him, and we're just letting him know that we're in agreement with him. If you know that 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 you need to grow and, and that there's some things God has been requiring of you, you have not done them and they have hindered your spiritual growth, just raise your hand where you are. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. We're not here to embarrass nobody. This is between you and God. He wants you to grow. I see that hand. I see that hand. Saying, saying Lord, you're saying, Lord, I want to grow, Lord. I've, I've, been, I've been holding myself back. But today is a new day. For those who raise your hand, repeat after me, Lord Jesus, forgive me for not doing what you've called me to do, for being lazy at times, for not pursuing you the way that I have. Lord Jesus, beginning today in a fresh way, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to do what you ask me to do because I know it's my destiny. I'm committed to growing I'm committed to maturing and I open myself up to you today. Use me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a, a praise clap this morning. Amen. Amen. It's a good day. Amen. It's a great day. Hallelujah. And I want to do something I haven't done before. Brother Jacobs, why don't you come on up here? Hallelujah. Come on, give Brother Jacobs a hand. How you doing, man? Very good, very good. Good. Do me a favor and turn this mic, turn one of these mics on. Amen. You like trying to figure out what's going to happen, don't you? Are you afraid? He's not afraid. Uh, y'all, y'all, listen, he's going to close us in prayer. Amen. So encourage my brother. As he closes us in prayer, go ahead and lift your hands and up to the Lord and let him close us. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to wake up this morning, Father God. Yes, God. Thank you so much for watching over us last night and keeping us safe, Father God. Thank you so much for allowing us to wake up and be in our right, right state of minds and being healthy, Father God. Father God, thank you so much for allowing us to come to church, Father God, to hear your word. And come closer to you, Father God, and learn more about you, Father God, so that we can be mature Christians and do your will, Father God. Father God, please watch over us. Please keep us all safe, Father God, throughout our week. Please bless us, Father God, so that we can make you happy, Father God, so that the world can see Jesus inside of us, Father God. Please bless us throughout the week, Father God. Please keep us safe. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in your son Jesus' mighty name. Amen. See you next week, guys. Bye. Good job. Man. Come on, bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his name. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, Lord, we declare that your name is above every other name. To the principalities and to the powers that be, we're a people who believe your name.
Someone to settle my heart. Free. 